You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 143 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more for Overwatch League Season 5. I'm your host, Ramses. Thanks for being here. Follow us on Twitter at PushPointsPOD, at Lobosco, and at Ramses underscore OW. I don't know. I, th- I thought I was going to have like a longer run on for that, but Lobosco, you and I are recording on... I think what could be considered a historic evening for the things that we follow tonight is the final it's overwatch one's final night of existence or final night of playability. I would say of public playability. All right. Until the, we, we have the vanilla, the, the vanilla server sort of like what happened with world of Warcraft. That'd be funny if that was something that happened. Um, yeah, it's weird. To, it's weird to think that we're doing this on that final night. I don't know. We played yesterday and that was my final day of playing overwatch. Um, I can't wait for Overwatch 2 Classic. Sorry, for Overwatch Classic to come out yeah, in about Overwatch. seven or eight years. I like how you skip to Overwatch 2 Classic already. You're like, <laughs> yeah, forget about the first Overwatch Classic. Let's go right into Overwatch 2 Classic. That was, that was my favorite meme. Was somebody, just somebody put up an article. It's, oh, no, it's happening again. It's like Blizzard shifting all resources to development of Overwatch 3. That would be crazy if that was actually happening. And like, I, It's not. It's definitely not. That would be... Uh, Pretty ridiculous if it was. Dumber things have happened, Lobosco. Dumber things have happened. I don't know. That would be anyway. Uh, <laughs> I it, it's it's weird. Like we're we're in this kind of weird time leading up into the countdown cup, which you know I was never like really clear on it. We kind of like did the dive, and and I thought this is how they were doing it, and then they are where uh, we've got to figure out who are going to be the play in teams, um, and we're kind of getting close and the i feel like the west is kind of already sort of solidified of who those bottom teams are going to be um mm-hmm. who who the other teams are that instantly qualify into playoffs is i think the more interesting part of the west right now and then for the east um i think the the top is pretty pretty much figured out it's the bottom that's the interesting part there so we've got different like cool narratives going into the last couple weeks here that that i'm looking forward to to kind of talking about a little bit in a, in a little bit Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got a ton of news to get through uh, before we go in. There's a couple that we missed. They came out like either right before we recorded last time or right after we recorded last time. I'm within like 24 hours. Um, First up, Hangzhou Spark signed Teru and Neko uh, to the support line. Teru, you might remember from a last year, uh, played some flex DPS for Vancouver Titans. And Neko is a... A guy from like the first couple years of Overwatch League played flex support for Boston, played flex support for Toronto, and they kind of dropped off the map and did some coaching for a couple different teams. I think like for O2 Blast specifically, if I remember. Um, it's very interesting when you look at like, I don't remember where I heard it, but they were talking about that Hangzhou Spark has had, I think, one of the largest like number of people playing supports for that team over the course of the entire league. It's so weird, too, because it's like you, you've thought at times that they like picked up guys that you're like, oh, these are going to be super solid dudes. They're not going to need anybody. Right. And yet, like, we they can't get anybody to stick. Like, I'm just thinking of back to to the previous years with Coldest, like Coldest never really uh, 
becoming anything is still weird to me, right? Like he was such a mm-hmm. highly touted player and then just nothing became of him. And it, and it happens sometimes, right? Like, like you're not going to have everybody turn out to be an incredible player. He's just one of those ones that, that I'm still surprised by when I kind of look back at it. Um, it's weird because like IDK was such a integral part of the team for so long um, and then just didn't stick around. And like he was never somebody that was like truly like top, top tier, but he was always a pretty solid player for them and stuff. So, um, yeah, it is weird that they've gone through so many supports for sure. I mean, super rich and irony wasn't a terrible support line from what we were looking at. I mean, yeah, I know people you were excited. We were pretty hyped for him. But yeah. And not more so. Um, I think our friends uh, like Kenobi and, and some of the other guys who, who who've, you know, they're they're deep in the weeds in, in Contenders China. I'm not in that as much as I was before since I'm not casting it. So I don't pay attention as much. But but, you know, I trust what they think about players from that region and, and both irony and super rich were part of um, pretty darn good teams as far as like um, contenders is concerned. So there mm-hmm. was a lot of hope, but but it's it's weird. It's you have to start wondering why though. Like so many talent or you know supposed talented support players just seem to continue to be churned out by Hangzhou. Is it something about how they train their support players or or the way they coach them? Like what's going on here? Because like there's too much talent that's kind of gone through to that position for there to be this many guys that can churned out. I mean, it's weird because you consider that Bebe kind of. Bebe and IDK held that support line down for a long time. And then once those guys were out, it's just been kind of a rotation of everybody. And like they've locked in like on their main three with Gushue. Um, I I was going to say IDK again, but like Gushue, Shy, and Alpha Yi. But I mean, again, it's this team that we've had a ton of expectations for that just is always middling or a little bit lower. And and with the talent they have, you expect them to be better. You know, mm. this is a team that would take took fourth. What? How many years ago? Just like two years ago, they were they were the fourth place team three years ago, two or three years ago. Yeah. You know, this this is a team that has always had like pretty good talent that people have been excited about. And it's just it's never come to fruition. So it, it is still one of those things where, where you, you kind of scratch your head a little bit that they they've really never reached the potential. And, and we're still seeing that happen with them. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully Nekunteru, you know, with with sort of what your core is of players, like maybe this is a a better decision. I don't know. Um, we'll we'll just have to wait and see a little bit longer. We'll have to see. I know they've looked okay, but I mean Hangzhou as a whole hasn't looked great. Um, for this stage, uh, Guangzhou charge signed Piggy from who is a free agent recently released from the Houston Outlaws. Um, maybe released, maybe traded. Uh, I, I'm sure the player tracker would have it like specifically, but yeah, free agent signing. Uh, Picky's looked good so far. Uh, you saw him play some Zarya in their game against Philly and it looked really, really good. I think he's definitely an upgrade, at least on that hero over who they've had most recently. Uh, but it's, I don't know, Guangzhou is still like, it's really interesting because last season it felt like most of APAC was pretty solid. And then you have like one or two teams on the bottom. And it feels like the mediocrity like pool has sucked up some more teams this season. Whereas a lot of like, it feels like the, the mid table in, in NA is a little bit immediately bigger. It's yeah. interesting though. Cause like Krong was like, Krong's always been solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think that team has just been so weirdly managed and has been such a mess that 
he's someone who I think is going to unfortunately slip through the cracks as far as like what his potential was versus, and what he could have been versus what his career has kind of turned out to be. Yeah, there, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances, I think, too. I think a lot of it's out of his hands for, for parts of it as well. Because I feel mm-hmm. like he's always been a pretty solid player. I, I, I think the East, more than anything, inconsistency, like inconsistency, maybe, like even with the top teams, right? Like you look at like the, this last stretch of games so far, you know, um, this tab ends up being helpful for this part. But like the Shanghai Dragons are what, the top team in the, the East right now or the second top team? Um, and yet they are sixth right now as far as their most recent games, right? Going one and three in those games. Um, mm. The Valiant are three and one, you know, team at the bottom right now fighting desperately to maybe get into the plans, right? And give themselves an opportunity to get into playoffs. Um, they're only one point away from for being tied from the charge. And I definitely think with how they've been playing as of late, there's a possibility that they can be the team uh, that they can jump the charge, right? Um, not that the charge are playing bad right now, but but like inconsistency is like the the name of the game here. You know, the only one who's been very consistent, um, even though they haven't won, you know, and, and they've been kind of quiet most of the year other than winning that first tournament, right? In the Seoul Dynasty. Mm-hmm. So it's a very weird spot right now for the East. East is very, very, um, very odd still, I think. Um, and I think it's just um, I think you could still have somebody from the East be the champion at the end of the year. But but it's just it's like uh, who that will be. I don't know. I think there's only like two teams that that will probably end up being it, either Shanghai or Seoul. If one of them are because um, like Philly and, and Chengdu. Like th- there's been no confidence from them and and the spark, like they're, you know, they're gonna end up probably being in play-ins, right? Like, <laughs> it's so weird. It's just it's such a odd spot to be in. So, yeah, we'll have to see. I do that. Like, I think in seasons past, we've been much more confident about APAC taking it home. But I mean, it just feels like most of the momentum is with NA at this point. Yeah. Um, another a- more APAC news. Um, No Hill, head coach of the. LA Valiant announced that he would be resigning from his role as head coach um, in order to go back to university. Um, in a message he put up about two weeks ago, it said, Hello, it's Noah Hill from the Valiant. After enough communication, I regret to say I have to be back to my university to complete my last year. It's my pleasure to build the new Valiant in this season because of the boys 100% trust in me. But for many reasons, I can't take care of the whole team well that we didn't play as well as we could. I don't want to discuss or explain more details because to the difficulties or hardships we actually face at the moment because our colleagues and players respect and support me a lot. I'm sorry for my mistakes in this season, but please understand the uncontrollable situation could make everything bad, though. Here's something extremely unprofessional did happen, but most of us are trying to take our best to take it all in and keep going. Haruhi will help us to complete in stage four, though we're all back to our university, but please keep and support him and our team. We don't provide the care that a professional team should give to our boys, so everyone suffers a lot. Our promise, I promise it'll never happen again on my team. Finally, pretty thanks to all those who support us, especially the Overwatch League, who help us a lot to let us still be here. Uh, That's kind of so, damning. Well, it's, it is. Like, there's been kind of like, it's been a little bit of a meme of like, oh, ha ha, like LA Valiant has no resources. Not no resources, the team itself, not the owning company or the company running it, but like the actual team, the players and the coaches and players have been been left out to dry. Yeah, it's been a meme for a little bit. But when you look at when I don't 
I've been thinking about this for a while because it's common knowledge at this point that like either they're not getting paid as much as they should be, as they are either required to be or should be getting paid. Um, they are not. Nobody is. Nobody from the league is making sure that the team is actually providing them the resources that they're supposed to be having. And it's gross on the part of the league. But I, I, I just wonder if the perspective is just like, look, we need someone to manage that spot for this season because we know that. I mean, at this point, it doesn't sound like there's a ton of interest as far as teams wanting to buy in. Which kind of sucks because, like, you're starting to see, especially as of late, like, the the potential of this roster, right? You know what I mean? Like, like you're finally starting to see them start to show what a lot of people were, why some people were like, oh, there's some potential on this roster, you know, like, reasons why, like, me who was excited for this version of the LA Valiant, right? You know, they, mm-hmm. they they play they're playing teams tough, right? Teams that they have to beat, right? Sure, it's three twos, but they're beating Chang. They've been in so many three twos this year, but they've been on the other end of it, right? For the most part. And now you're starting to see them win some of these. They even beat Philly, right? You know, a team teams that they have to beat if they want to have a chance of making it into play-ins and potentially playoffs, right? You know, they get three owed by the soul, but like, okay, soul's the top team. So there, there's something here. There's something to build upon in seasons to come if people take care of these guys. And and who knows how much better, how much further along they could have been if things were right from the beginning, right? Th- this is um, this is where the frustrations of stuff with the league really gets to be, right? Because clear, it's such a meme and it's so clear, especially from a statement from the former head coach that you have stuff like this. And nobody's doing anything about it. And that's what's frustrating and and sad that you, you should not be having this in a quote unquote tier one professional esports league. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, it's and it feels like the league has kind of just let it skate or let it slide just to try and get through the season. Because this is like the, there are memes, of course, about like how they all had to share one room. And how like they were all eating their meals like on a bed together, like, and we've been told that that isn't that isn't as bad as like it's been joked to be, but it's clear that they're not, not getting the, they're not getting near the level of support that they should be getting. Yeah, there, there's 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 a lot of problems, right? Um, and it's weird too because like I think what's most disappointing about this is like. You look at the retweets and stuff of of No Hill's um, uh, statement, his twit longer, and like, you know, people who I'd want to see maybe who could who have like the the where not not wherewithal the 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 audience the the scope whatever word you want to use the ability to to make this reach people who maybe should matter a little bit more. Um, they're not really looking at this too much mm-hmm. and that's kind of disappointing you know i think part of it is that it it was discussed enough early in the season or at least i, I think it's just not a story that people have felt like continually up keeping up with or continually continually like putting momentum behind but if you care about the league you should right oh i agree with you i'm just trying to and I'm, not, I'm trying to think of where their perspective is. And I'm not saying that we have been perfect with it either, but we also don't have the the reach or the audience of other people 
were associated, right? So it's like, even if we do cover it, it's not going to be the same as if Avast covers it, right? Or I mean, Avast know, has talked about it a bunch, but I think a lot of it is... I, he's just a name. I'm so, not saying he hasn't talked well, about like, it enough, but you know what I mean? Well, there's been, there has been a discussion about it. There has been discussion about it, but I don't think there's been, there's never been like a, there's been a discussion and there's been, there's been talk, but also like a lot of like resolution of like, all right. And the league needs to do something about this because this is messed up. But then it stops there. There's nobody, there's not, there hasn't been any sort of like particular push or movement to try and keep the league itself accountable or even LGE. Which like these are these are like organizations that there shouldn't be this problem either, you know. Like this is something that shouldn't be happening. These aren't these aren't like your uh, you know small run of the mill organizations that that are doing this right. Like like we should be past this point in 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 this esport right. That's the whole point of having a franchise league mm. is to have standards to make sure things like this don't happen. Yeah, I agree. I just I, I'm interested to see what happens next season, because, I mean, I don't think I think there will be more teams that depend unless there is a unless the drop for Overwatch 2 completely pushes everything up by like at least like another like 50 to 70 percent, because like I was checking through today numbers for like the stream are still like 35K at peak, which is not good. No, not at all. You're you're losing Down, like you're losing to so many different esports now. Well, like and a decline over time is expected for sure. Um, but like I, from like season one, a decline over time is not like unheard of. It's not it's not super strange. But a decline from like 180k regularly and up in season one to 35k peak, and granted. A lot of that, most of that you could even say is out of the control of the leak because of how little push the game has had in the past five to six years. But it's it feels like very much like people have talked about this being a quote unquote like a Mickey Mouse season, right? That's the first season on like an early build of the game that like nobody can play until tomorrow that there's all these reasons why like it's technically not like a fully competitive season. And there's. I think it's dumb, but I think like there are points you could argue for that. I could see the league just turtling for this year and be like, look, we'll put up with certain things just because we have to get to next year because next year is going to be the big pop year. Well, the weird part is, is like you still can do amazing in-person events, right? Like like all the in-person event stuff has been good, right? Like there's been mm-hmm. good reception, good amount of people there. So that's the, the part that's confusing to me, right? Like. You you do have like this core audience where if you go to certain places, you get people to that want to come in and see it live. Why can't you have the numbers? What are you doing wrong there? And and you know the the argument about switching to YouTube can't be used anymore because now YouTube is the pl- like okay. Let's just just take a second here and and you know think about now you know, before 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 he pulls up stats. I will say it is nine fifteen p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, and, and I'm not giving. St- I don't want to give stats here. What I'm what I'm trying to say is, okay, we look at Twitch, we look at YouTube, we look at growth. Okay, uh, how do you grow on Twitch? Uh, I mean, from what you and I have talked about, is that you grow a platform somewhere else and bring it to Twitch. Exactly. Um, you were on the platform where people go to grow a platform. 
and you're not growing I, your platform. And that's what's that's what's mind boggling because you have a partnership with YouTube. It's been especially bad. Like I've just been trying it the past like weekend of games. You when I first like when so when the league first switched to YouTube, they were there like front and center, like the first video I would see every single time I'd open up the app on mobile or on desktop. And now like I've been like, oh, there's games on. I have to scroll through my suggested stuff for a little bit until I find it. Well, I think this is in part because of your own interests changing, but that's because the league hasn't held your interest. Like the league had a base that they were working off of. And you can say the game has partially to influence that or not, but people people watch League. Of, I watch League. Of, I don't play League of Legends. Like I sometimes I'll jump back in. Like every six months or so, I'll jump in and start playing for a little bit. But like I watch. I'm watching World. I've been watching playing games for teams that I don't know anything about, mm-hmm. that I've never heard of. You know, I will say Overwatch. Overwatch has twenty four thousand viewers on on Twitch right now too. No, yeah, it's the one last like alone. Yeah, but like I, I'm like, which is high for them as of late. Yes, which is high for them as of late. I'm just like, this partnership has not been followed through on. But like, it's a thing now where like you have to imagine it's 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 tough. They're going to go into negotiations this next year, or I would have to imagine next this coming year for like their streaming deal, and it's going to be low again. Like I not not low again. But like I imagine the the number is going to get lower and lower. Well, from where it was originally. Well, of course, because you. But but like, why does that matter? Like, do you know what do you know what League of Legends does? Do you know what Riot Games does? What do, they multi, what do they do? They multi broadcast, and they've been doing this for years, years before people start wanted even thought of doing multi broadcasting. League of Legends has had worlds played on YouTube and Twitch, so. Now, what I would argue, the reason why they won't do that for Overwatch League, and you and you and I have made this point before, that going from a traditional sports mindset and only applying traditional sports things to it is very restrictive and is not good because you're ignoring how things grow endemically from the esport. But I imagine that they go, okay, our bar- our broadcast rights, that's a major bargaining chip for us. We are not just going to give those away. You're not giving them away. Obviously, you're trying to spread whoever can see it. And you're in the spot now where you need to do that. Well, that's you're the, 35K viewer speak. You have to do that, bud. Well, that's the problem. OK, so you, you no longer have any chip. Um, that yeah. bargaining chip is off the table. So now doing what Riot does makes sense. Yeah. Right. Being on multiple platforms. Heck, you know, it's the best platform to grow on right now. TikTok. TikTok live would be something that I'd be thinking about if I was Overwatch. If you want to know about like a way that something explodes right now, TikTok's the way it happens. So if, mm. if I'm, and there's nobody who's going to listen to me, why would they ever listen to anything I say? I would be, I would, you, you cannot, you cannot think of yourself as the NFL right now because you're not that. You were closer to being that mm. in season one and then you were still far away from it, but then you had bargaining power right? There was reasons you had different sponsorships that have all pulled themselves out, right? You have very few sponsors that you had from season one. So you you no longer have that anymore. You have to build that back up somehow. And it's really bad that we've gotten to this point, that this is even a discussion, but like, man, there are ways that you can get yourself back to where you were. It, I'm hoping they go with that route. I really do. Because like at this point, I, you expect you know i've talked about before we got to move in but like 
expecting this large, huge reception back, this large, huge move back that everyone's going to join back and stay there just off of the game being good is not going to be how it works. No, it's not. That's not how anything works. One more thing. So like, oh, go ahead. So I'm just like, you have to start. You have to start working with those chips. Now you have to make the effort and like you will leave some stuff on the table. That's a kind of a, that's my philosophy on a lot of things. You have to leave some stuff on the table in order to like bring people back because if not, it's not going to be worth it to them. Yeah. Well, and, and one more thing before we move on though, um, since we were talking about NFL and these other leagues and stuff and them sort of seeing them in that light, what is it that the NFL just did recently with Thursday night football? Where do you have to go to watch Thursday night football now? You have to watch it on Amazon. Amazon. Now, don't you? They're, what did they what have they been doing what mlb think about this year in the mlb you had games on apple tv and stuff and some uh you know a couple other like mobile things and and stuff like that like like the the the, the giant traditional sports who who forever had these exclusivity deals their stuff is changing as well so and mm-hmm. it, it just feels like overwatch league which they felt like this multiple times throughout their course is just behind with the times and you're the esport. You're the one who's supposed to be ahead of everybody else. It's frustrating. You would think, uh, but I mean, like, this is what it's it's felt like has happened forever. Yeah. I mean, I remember talking with we've talked with Job. We talked with a couple other people that like Blizzard has their history of mucking up their own, like mucking up esports when they handle it, as opposed to when you have people who do esports for a living run it and like build it up from the ground up. And like, I. I think this is what you have to do is you have, I I think you have to work with that more like accessible, easy to find model. I just don't know if they'll do it. I feel like they, with how hard it is to move stuff around in that company, it seems from an outside perspective, I would not be surprised. I expect them to hold, to still try and push it on YouTube. Same next year. No, maybe it'll be different. Cause I mean, they still do Twitch drops and like they're doing Twitch drops for Overwatch too. Um, for like new skins and everything they did it for when overwatch 2 dropped like the beta dropped earlier this year like they have some sort of relationship there yeah i I would imagine they still would um but that's also the you know that's also a different hand technically so who knows um you know the game itself is still technically separate from the league even though it's not uh could be two different heads talking to each other you know as far as like yeah it, it it gets a little muddied and a little complicated with stuff like that because it's sort of like um, if you're like a Gundam fan um, and like one side doesn't talk to the other, like there's a new like Gundam series that like just came out and there's been no mention of Gundam evolution at all, mm-hmm. which why wouldn't there be, you know, like, like it makes so much sense, but like they're so separated the two sides that like there just isn't that line of communication to make something like that happen, which is kind of goofy. So more news to work through. Uh, San Francisco Shock announced that they would be. I my I'm marble mouth today. Jeez, San Francisco Shock announced that they were signing Striker back to a contract for the rest of the year. Um, kind of came out of nowhere this week. To be honest, <laughs> I was. Uh, I don't know. I think we all had expected that Sh- that Striker was going to be pretty much done in Overwatch after this last kind of run with Boston, and. It's cool to see him back. I mean, if there's anywhere that he would be a good fit, of course, you throw him back to to San Francisco. Uh, one last run for the championship. He's looked good so far. I mean, we've seen him play in both of these games this last week, and he looked pretty good. It wasn't like he was dragging anybody down. Yeah. I 
the I clicked on the tweet and I'm seeing the 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 goofy um video that they did where they're like all in like a the retirement home uh group chat or whatever. And they're like, we need one of you back. I don't know, it's just kind of funny. Um Lister has a clothing I wonder store. what the forgot about that. Well, I'd wonder I wonder what the re like I wonder when you look at San Francisco what their need was for bringing him back. Like what what their logic was for it. Because you don't proper's playing great. Yeah, but to have him proper's done of proper dude. Oh my Yeah. I'm wondering is the trade off I mean and the, granted, the current trade off, not the past peak trade off, what we have seen in twenty twenty two of Stryker. I mean, it's better than Sam, I would argue. I understand that if you want the upgrade over Sam, unfortunately. Um, Kilos looks great this season. I, I, I understand if you want him to come play the flick scans just so the proper doesn't have to play everything in that role, especially if you're running like Genji Tracer, which they have been. Yeah. Why would you not want one of the greatest tracers to ever play the game? <laughs> That's your reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like that's enough. That's enough right there, right? You, you, you keep proper on, on Genji, right? And you just, you just destroy, you know. And they kind of need it right now too. They're having a bit of a rough time, um, you know. Yeah. I think maybe part of it too. You think about uh, what they, what happened to them in the finals of just the last tournament, and the game's not going to change that much going into playoffs. So, this is this is what you got to do. Uh, as one player comes out of retirement, one goes into it. Uh, Patathan an- announced that he would be retiring from the team, uh, retiring from Overwatch in general. Um, the tweet's a little bit confusing. Uh, truly the greatest team in everything I can possibly think of. I was struggling to find myself in the early season, but was able to bring myself back thanks to everyone on this team. Um, what confused me, though, was the I wish that I could still be playing with you guys till the end of it. I love all of you homies. Um, I'm not sure. Sh- we don't know why. I doubt we'll know why. Um, it is just I, I'm I'm curious. I'm wondering what the reasoning was because he played pre- he played well. He maybe had like a little bit of like a creaky start at the beginning, but by and large, he played well this season. Yeah, I don't understand it either. I, they have had these struggles the second half of the year, right? Um, I don't know if it's tied to that at all. Uh, maybe maybe the Overwatch grind isn't what he wants it to be, and maybe he's realized you know what. Uh, I'm going back to Valorant. I would imagine that's his move, right? Like he was such a good player in Valorant. I don't see why he wouldn't be going back and doing that. Well, and I think so. His his announcement about him retiring came out um right around when the of the um the Valorant like franchising got announced and the teams that were available got announced. Yeah. So, I mean, he's had wrist injuries before. I think that should be noted. Like, he had a pretty significant wrist injury that kept him, that kind of made his jump back into Overwatch a little bit, like, slow going. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ideal, ideal, yeah, sorry. There's a lot of thinking that, like, his region isn't super competitive um, in Valorant specifically. Like, South Asia isn't crazy competitive. But with franchising kind of having teams in a lot of places that don't necessarily have to be region locked, um, it might have a lot more opportunity for him. Yeah, that that that's my thought as well. It 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 sucks though because like him coming back was huge, right? Great sign. 
It was. Uh, I mean, whether you whether you think he was going to be good or not, right? Game trajectory wise, it's hard to blame him because I mean, you and I, Labasca, every episode you and I have an argument about not arguing about you and I have a discussion about whether or not this league will still be here in two years, and the future looks decently secure with Valorant as far as like it is a game that is still trending at least decently upward. Right, it, it's moving the right direction at least. You know, it's continue. I think it's the fastest growing esport right now. Um, mm-hmm. everybody's playing it. It gets so much better viewership than than any other game, right? Other as far as like newer games, right? For for esports, um, you know, Overwatch is so down bad. It really just is. I mean, you look at. Uh, I, I'm curious to know. I, I'm just checking to see. Because I always like to, you know, when we have these discussions, see what like the viewership is. Valorant right now is outpacing League of Legends as far as just viewers watching people play Valorant. 100K to 93.5K. That's pretty good. You know? And it's not like we're in year one to Valorant or anything either now, right? We're moving into franchising time and they're still continuing to hold strong. And to be honest, Riot seems to do franchising a lot better than Blizzard has done so far i mean they have the track record just with league and 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 this isn't to say that league has been perfect right there's been problems there's like the dignitas issues right now and lcs and stuff like they're they're not perfect okay and and i don't want people to think that that that's what we're saying or that like um anything like that right but you know they've been able to move past most of the problems that they've had you know and, and figure out other you know get other teams in and and stuff like that although it's weird because I feel like I was Echo Fox replaced by Dignitas too. So has this been one debacle after another? Not a good argument if that's the case. But still, like like that's still like like their their top end is still pretty good. I mean, you could say the same thing over Overwatch League, but the viewer numbers are still a lot better as well. So LCS is having their own issues, but League as a as a game itself is. Um, MVP voting was announced earlier this week. Uh, we do have our candidates for the 2022 season. Uh, we have Proper, Kevster, Hanbin, Lip, Shu, Prophet, Smurf, Zest, Hottie, and Kai. Um, we've talked about it for, I think, all year that like this was kind of Proper's award to lose. But there's been like, there's a lot of good candidates in here. Um, maybe not Hottie and Kai, although I appreciate like, I think giving Hottie some sort of recognition like that that guy came in was kind of rough last season, didn't have a great year um, at all. And has really been like the centerpiece of a London team that's been very fun to watch and has been very, like, very exciting. Comeback player of the year. Yeah. Comeback player of the year easily. Um, Kai has been most improved this year. Yeah. On his own terms, too. My man just playing Ryan for 90% of the game, too. Um, Kai's been fine. Uh, I still, like, realistically, this are the main names i've seen thrown around have been proper and hanbin you can make arguments for kevster for lip uh profit shoe or smurf i'm a little surprised that zest is on here to be honest because i feel like most of the talk for philadelphia fusion has been around mn3 but maybe i'm wrong i mean i think that they just threw somebody it just feels like they threw somebody from philly up there to have another eastern player Um, yeah but i think if you're you're looking at it i think proper and hanbin or who it's between right because mm-hmm. like pro- you know even though even though san francisco hasn't really won anything 
the only reason they've been in a lot of the positions they have been is because proper has been an absolute monster right but but yeah. i think that they also have a very good supporting cast too i think hanbin um see this is where like you have to be careful with recency bias as well right because like dallas is the team on the up and up right now really coming in strong towards the end of the year where san francisco's petering out right now having some problems trying to figure things out before playoffs start so it, it's hard um I think the Kevster and Shu, both of them, you know, who who you want to give it to between the two of them is also in the conversation as well, because even though Gladiator is sort of in a similar situation, I think I think that um, they've petered out a lot faster and a lot longer here in the second half compared to at least, you know, San Francisco is in the championship in the last, you know, the last tournament. They're just having a rough go here towards the end. So I think it's a little different. Yeah, I, I think Proper's st- probably still your front runner, but I think Hanbin is the closest. And then probably Lip, Profit, or Smurf as well are the only other guys you're really, really considering here. And between those ones, man. I mean, Smurf is underrated just because he's somebody I know that some people had concerns about being like the only tank for Soul. And no matter what, he's been solid this whole year. Every single hero, like every situation, he's been great. So Profit, though, too, like Profit just continues like one of the few guys from the beginning, you know, who's still around. Right. You know, guy who's mm-hmm. been around for a long time. He, I mean, he's the he's the most established person on this list by far. He's also never won this award. Isn't that weird to think about? He's never been the MVP of the league. There'll be stats arguments, I'm sure. I know. Um, I'm not saying he should win it, but isn't that weird to think about that he is he is maybe the greatest Overwatch player of all time, and he's never won this award. That's not an argument for him, by the mm-hmm. way. I just wanted to point that out. No, I'm just looking at stats right now. It's a uh, yeah. It's hard to do that this year. If they are even updated, because last time I checked, they weren't even updated. You're looking at the stats lab or just the stats? I was looking at stats. Uh, well, the stats page sucks because it doesn't. No. I mean, number one at Elims is proper with 3191. Um, number one deaths, actually. Twilight. <laughs> by most deaths is Twilight. And I just have to imagine that can't be true. But I don't know. Most damage is proper. Zest is second, Lip is third, Kevster fourth. Merit. Yeah, Zest is big on the limbs too. Yeah. Merit's had like a quietly good season. I feel like maybe not even quietly good, but like Merit's had a solid season. I think that there would be an argument. I'm not saying he would win. I don't think he should win either. But like if Proper wins rookie of the year and they split that and they, or sorry, if Proper wins MVP and they split rookie of the year to someone else, Merit, I think, has a shot at it. I argue it should go to Reiner personally, but if it's not going to proper, but like Merritt's had a, a very good year out of like out of that. Because uh, who else was who else did he come out with on his original team? It was him, Keo, and proper. Right. And like of those three guys, he was kind of the one that was looked at as a little bit more feast or famine, like proper easy bet. Keo, like really solid Merritt, like has some pop off moments is weak some other times. And Merritt's been great. Yeah, Merritt has been really good. Um, you know, Dallas as a whole has had some struggles. Or Dallas, Houston. Texas teams. Why do I always mix them up? It's so bad. Colors are different and everything. Yeah. But no, you're right though. He he has had a pretty good year. I, I think you'd be more in rookie of the year 
position though for him. I don't think MVP. Um, you, oh yeah, MVP, no, that's you gotta win, right? That's like we've kind of. No, that's what I'm yeah. saying. If Proper gets MVP and they split it, so he's not going to get Rookie of the Year as well. I think Merritt has has a shot, like has some clout to to getting nominated for Rookie of the Year. I think it should go to Reiner of anybody personally, but like if it's not going to Proper, I think it should go to Reiner. Yeah, but. I'm I'm not the biggest fan at looking at eliminations because a lot of it's also de- dependent. Like, you do one damage to somebody and you get an elimination. It's all you need. That's all that matters. But you know what I mean. Like, like that's why I don't really care to look at eliminations so much. I think that there's better stats. Unfortunately, though, uh, you know those stats aren't getting updated the way they have in previous seasons. So you can't you can't do those deeper dives that you were doing before. So. Mm-hmm. And Stat Slab's broken half the time too. Stat Slab has been in beta for three years, <laughs> so it, it's frustrating. It's just very, very frustrating um, to to not really be able to to be on the like able to kind of really um, figure some things out. Regardless of that, though, I I think that there's probably two front runners, Hanbin, um, especially for the last ha- second half of the year, um, proper first half of the year and onward. Um, I think it's proper. I think it's his to lose still. Um, they'd yeah. have to play really bad here though, down the stretch for him to lose it. I think um, more news about playoffs and grand finals. Uh, everything is going to be happening on, on land. Um, so there's, well, not everything. Let me walk that back. There's going to be an online regional countdown cup plans leading into a double elimination playoff bracket with culminating in the first grand yeah, excuse me, culminating in the first in-person grand finals in three years. So you're going to have playoffs, like the final playoff bracket from October 3rd to November 4th. Or sorry, October 30th. I am a mess today. October 30th to November 3rd. Uh, and then November 4th for grand finals. It looks like there's tickets for... So it's like a, there's two days of competition. I think where you can see like the last day of playoffs on November 3rd and then grand finals itself will be on November 4th. It's interesting. I thought they would have given you the whole week, but I can imagine they didn't want to rent out the Anaheim convention center every single day of that whole week. Um, but yeah, um, October 30th through the November 3rd for playoffs and then November 4th for grand finals all happening at the Anaheim convention center where we've seen our favorite world cup matches for overwatch. Um, I know I will be there uh, along with a couple other of our friends. Um, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I'm. I think having a land finals will be so will will be a really good send off. I think for this season, it'll be a breath of fresh air. Fresh. You know, been a while. Mm-hmm. There's like different stuff available. You can get a one day pass or a two day pass. Um, I really thought they had. I don't know for some reason. I really thought they had like multiple days open. But I guess it's just the third and the fourth. Um, yeah. What can you do? I can I can understand them not wanting to rent out. Them not wanting to rent out the whole place for the 30th onward. But it'll be a good time. Uh, I don't. It doesn't sound like there's anything announced. Because like you remember like Labosco in, pre, in previous seasons for land finals. We had like halftime acts and like entertainment and stuff announced like a month or two ahead of time. Yeah. Two months even. And now I don't think they're going with that. I think it's a little bit more stripped down. Which is unfortunate. Maybe they maybe they bring DJ Khaled back for one more please ride. No, please don't. 
That was so funny seeing people's like my favorite Overwatch one memory is honestly this, and it's just DJ Khaled trying to dance in Grand Finals. Um, it'll be a good time, and also I think this will kind of serve as like a surrogate BlizzCon for a lot of us. Yeah. Um, since we haven't had any sort of actual meetup in a while, I know I'll be hanging out. Totem and I are meeting up. Labosco, I know you're going to be in my area for a TwitchCon this coming weekend. Yeah. So I don't know what we're doing. For grand finals but if you're around let me know we'll figure something out. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out if i'm gonna go out there i don't know <laughs> i'd like to um what's well, so funny too because i i would have to imagine like you were like all right you know what that's it i'll do it i'm going to TwitchCon, and like three days later like grand finals overwatch anaheim it was yeah like, it was oh. a little frustrating because it's like i just made plans i don't want to like doing two trips in a row like that is kind of rough so i don't know what i'm gonna do as of right now so the backpack method one more time i mean that's what i'm doing for twitchcon so <laughs> i've also got like a layover in vegas so yeah it, it's gonna be a bit of an interesting trip and i'll be spending it with with blazing bob praise b blob praise b and, and and mel so that'll be fun our, our friends over at warcraft reloaded um so i i'm in, i'm excited for that but um i think that what's really cool though um and I hadn't seen about this and, and I'm a little sad that I, I, you know, I guess maybe I just haven't paying as much attention to Overwatch stuff, but Calling All Heroes being announced. Um, mm-hmm. This is really cool to me. Uh, it's a joint program of Overwatch and the Overwatch League. Um, Calling All Heroes mission is to build an inclusive game and competitive environment for everyone. And, and you know, part of this is obviously a response to everything that's kind of happened with Blizzard over the past, what, year and a half now, I guess it would be. Yeah. Or not quite a year and a half, but close to it. Um, so obviously that's a response to this, but like if these are the initiatives that get created, I'm all for it. So um, they're excited to announce a few initiatives this year that pursue the goal of focusing on equality, visibility, and community support for underrepresented genders. Um, developers, the League Office, team casters, players, and fans, we all have an important role to play when it comes to making Overwatch a safe, welcoming community. The game team is implementing a new initiative initiative called defense matrix an infrastructure of systems designed to protect gameplay integrity and promote positive behavior in overwatch 2 i'm curious to see what so, this will be well they've talked about it um it's a bunch of things that people kind of lost their crap over um because it's a little bit much but also because it's it's stuff that we're used to with games like riot with yeah. places like riot so like defense matrix i think one of the main things is like they're getting rid of general chat which in like a match which like bro- nothing positive has ever what, been said in general what is chat the point ever. of general our, chat yeah um uh sms protection so like your name your um, account's going to be linked to like your phone number with the intention of like it's going to prevent people from making a bunch of smurf accounts um if they're banning an account they can ban it to like one specific person like they can they can try like I, I think it's easier for them to check like who's making a bunch of accounts if they're banning like certain people yeah um, korea i think does something similar to this already what what people have talked about that they got kind of butthurt about was that they're doing audio transcriptions of like in-game chat so like when you're speak like when you're talking over your voice in game like that they have access to that audio and a bunch of people were really butthurt about this and were really angry and like oh it's super invasive like the buzz is going to send it to the fbi i'm like if you played Valorant or League ever, they have that already. Yeah. Like, sorry. Like, it's it's not a brand new thing. It's honestly, it's like a step behind, unfortunately. And I understand the argument that it's invasive, but like, if people weren't shitty, we wouldn't have to deal with it. If you have TikTok on your phone, you have the most invasive app 
known to man. And most people who would listen to this have TikTok on their phone. If you're worried about invasiveness, start with your own phone, morons. Um, they had that. What are some more parts about it? So there's SMS protect. Um, where is it? Yeah, machine learning and audio transcriptions. Our team has learned machine has used machine learning to detect and prevent disruptive behavior, cheating, and disruptive text chat, um, including in-game reports to identify behavior that drives down the quality of the in-game experience. Audio transcriptions allow us to collect a temporary voice chat recording of a recorded of a reported player and automatically transcribe it through Texas speech pro- programs. Um, first-time user ex- experience is specifically designed for brand new players who make their account post-launch. So, this, okay, this is something we'll talk about. Uh, we can just enter it now. Um, people have been kind of butthurt. I'm going to say that word a lot because that's that's your go-to. Everybody who's griped. Well, everybody who's griped about this is people who already have a ton of time with the game who are not going to have to deal with this when they go in. Um, Overwatch 2 has looked at, has kind of moved to curate its like new player experience in a way that is a little bit easier to onboard people. And this is quote for this is for people who have never played Overwatch before. Yeah, this is for brand new first time people. They've gotten tons of feedback. They've said as much. And I believe it that, hey, when I load into this game and there's 30 heroes, I have no idea what to do. It's way too many options. It's uh, there's a there is a social theory called option paralysis that when you are thinking of what you can do in a situation, if you're presented with too many choices, it's as good as having zero choices because you get like there's too much to choose from and you get stymied and you cancel yourself out. League of Legends so does lock too, by the way. But it's only bad when Blizzard do it. And I have plenty of gripes when Blizzard does it. When Blizzard does stuff, for sure. But like, it's super dumb to only be mad at Blizzard for this. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, different changes to it. New players begin with access to a limited set of game modes, heroes, and some other restrictions to onboard them more gradually. The first phase of our new of it um, rapidly unlocks all the game modes and the ability ch- to chat in game. And the second phase unlocks all the original Overwatch heroes over the course of approximately 100 matches. This focused experience eases new players into the world of Overwatch by teaching them about different modes, rules, and other high level aspects of the game in an approachable way. Um, there was a really kind of, I don't know if I would say funny, but kind of just like dumb approach to it in a PC gamer article I looked at where if to most of the game's 35 hero roster isn't available from the start um, to unlock them, you have to complete up to 150 games wins count as two games and you earn progress towards all the heroes at the same time. So the 100 matches number that blizzard says you have to play is probably accurate. And at least at launch, you can't pay money to skip the process. Like in other games, I have heard that if you buy like that watch point pass, the $40 one it. that it yeah. already unlocks everything. Yeah. That's bad. Reporting. Um, and then, so it's lit and they were complaining because like, the, oh, well, the heroes aren't unlocked in like any, an, an obvious, understandable order. One game clears Genji for play, then two for D.Va, three for Cassidy, four for Ana, and so on, all the way up to 150 games for Echo. Oh, but Genji's a way more complicated character. So, like, why is he getting unlocked way earlier? Even if he is a fan favorite, why is he getting unlocked earlier than somebody that's easier to use? Like, I understand the logic of it. Um, Genji is a character, like, whether or not, even though he's a complicated character, he is a character design that people really latch on to and people really, really like. He's um, also one of the core main characters of the game. Um, yeah. Also, even though he is a hard character to master, it's not hard to understand his kit, right? He has a deflect, right? What's Is that hard to understand? 
I don't think that's hard to understand. You press the button. I love this. And it deflects things back at the other players. He has. I love dash. this poll quote from it where it's when the original Overwatch launched, part of the appeal to uh, part of the appeal to it was that I could pick any hero at any time. I started tr- with Tracer and was tremendously awful at her. She's one of the hardest heroes to master, but it didn't matter because the matchmaking let me feel competent playing against people of a similar skill level anyway. The game encouraged you to pick whoever fit your style or used an, an ability on you that might be fun to try. Um, I see. However, two things. Um, we know that people will generally pick a couple heroes and kind of not move from there anyway. Yep. Um, there's also, we have been led to believe, or at least it's been, I've seen from a couple different people that we're looking at some sort of soft MMR reset going into Overwatch 2. Great. It's needed. So, I don't like... <sighs> well, here's the other thing. Okay. So, so, so if we go off like the assumption of what this person is saying, like they probably started playing Overwatch at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, nobody- there were plenty of games where I got tired of playing the hero I had chosen from the start and felt restrained when I opened the hero select menu to a bunch of grayed out faces. After getting team wiped by devastating enemy ultimates, I was bereft of, Zar- of Zenyatta and his life-saving transcendence. And for the 20 or so games before I could play Bastion, I wish I had a high DPS character to pick when the enemy tank was becoming a pain. Like, okay, I understand. Counterpicking. I get it. Yes. We already know that is not the strategy going forward. But but again. This is somebody working off of a different my um, knowledge base of the game, right? As an experienced player who adores the rock, paper, scissors metagame of hero picks and counters, the limited choice hurts more than it would for a new player. But that's why it's not aimed at you. Mm-hmm. So why are you upset that they're doing this for new players? And your experience with the game in the beginning is when nobody knew how to play the game because it just came out. Well, and again, this whole like, so it's, it's again, the comp too. it's, you have to win 50 quick play matches. It's no longer like you have to get to 25, um, as like 25 level, level 20, um, 25, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's no longer that you have to, they're removing player levels in games. So instead of having to reach one new players are now challenged to win 50 quick play matches before competitive unlocks. Um, this gives new players time to prepare for the higher expectations that come with competitive while long-term players don't feel discouraged by teammates who have less experience. Like, look, it's the tales. It's a tales oldest time for us. I don't think it's the most amazing, perfect stellar. Everybody wins every time option. No, I don't. It's better though. It's better. And, and I'm not going to have to worry about it anyway. So what do I care? No, no. What do I care if they like, listen, when you start playing competitive now, you're running into Smurfs at every every rank of the game yep what why do people what is wrong with people um so now you have customizable name cards and titles to display alongside their in-game name and player icon um your competitive skill tiers and your portrait borders are going away from so portrait borders a symbolized player level are going away from all game modes in overwatch 2 and competitive skill tiers will no longer be displayed before each competitive match um because they were running into okay um you and i have uh, run into this before you get in a game with somebody and like even before it started you have some guy already like talking down to you because you are you have either a very high like because you don't have the magic like middle level of player portrait you have way too many hours or you have like no hours yeah i got called um a term before when my border when i reached a certain level yeah 
like, like all all these changes good things all like all these ones so far like these these minor minutiae things great great call awesome it's not going to 100 fix things obviously but like what's what's a minor small thing that takes like that isn't a huge deal that would is that will markedly make things better cool flip the switch yeah but i want them to show me the ranks of players though I don't like that they're taking that away from me. I want to know who the silver player is throwing in my game when somehow playing with platinums. I want to know who that is. Oh, <laughs> uh, toxic. I, um, I just want to know, not not to get mad at them, but I want to know, like, first off, I, I'm still confused why this person's in my game. You know, that's the part I get more concerned about than anything. I just want to know when they're doing that to me. Not because that person's bad, but because why is Blizzard not balancing this better? And then. No general chat, uh, ping system, uh, they have an internal and external task forces. Um, and then, yeah, and like, there is a lot more, like there's a lot of stuff they're doing in here. Um, I think all these things are good. Yeah. Again, they're not going to one-stop fix everything. Of course not. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, Lavasco, we have, we are now in the spot where you and I, we will take what we can get yeah. a lot of the time. And as far as things to take. This one's pretty good. Yeah. And, and you know, that that's not all they're doing, too. They're, they're doing the Challengers Cup, which will run alongside Path to Pro and Fall and Winter of 2022, add additional competitive avenues for underrepresented genders. It is not a replacement for Path to Pro, rather a way, an entry point for underrepresented genders to jump into the broader Overwatch esports ecosystem. So um, they encourage people to participate in both if both apply to you. Um, so it's not limiting you in doing that. They're also partnering with Radiant for this, um, a production company platform for underrepresented genders. So that's pretty cool to host it. Um, I don't know anything about Radiant, but I think that's really cool. They give you the format here. Um, we've already gone on for too long, so I'm not going to go over the format. Um, we'll have the link though in the show notes so you can see the, the format. Um, if you want to do that. And then another cool thing that they're going to do is caster camp um, is the other, one of their other call to actions that they're going to do or their initiatives, I should say, excuse me, um, it, which will aim to provide underrepresented groups, the opportunity to learn from uh, the best broadcast talent in the industry, build skills and form professional relationships. Um, and they hope that this program will help create uh, equity in the commentating space. Is that, I don't know if it's supposed to be equity or quality either way. Um, in the commentating space and produce a more diverse talent pool for the Overwatch competitive ecosystem. Um, programming for Caster Camp will be led by Zoe and Mr. X and uh, other Overwatch League talent and will cover various topics on how to be successful in esports broadcasting. All Caster Camp participants will have the chance to apply what they learned during this session and submit a video reel for themselves trying their hand at casting an Overwatch map. Just one? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'm I'm being nitpicky. Uh to re be reviewed by I wonder, our panel. Well, and I wonder if it's like I wonder if it's like if it'll be just a general like if it's gonna be one of those things where they take like two hundred people versus where they take fifty, you know? Yeah. It it might be more like you, you only get a map reviewed. Maybe you'll get to cast multiple maps or something. I don't know. Um we'll see what they do. Uh but the one thing I, I hope that they do do with this is that they um you know give them a lot of resources to do things on their own as well you know mm -hmm. that it's not just okay whatever you do in the class or whatever it is 
Um, and that's you're it. in our ecosystem, and you only can function in our ecosystem. Right. Give them, give them like, um, you know, this has helped me a lot. Um, you know, help me figure out casting with other people what it would be like. Um, you know, different people that I've you know been part of like uh, broadcast GG when they were really big into doing Overwatch. Um, having vods with just game audio that you can mm-hmm. watch the POV and then you can use that and then practice with with a partner you know watch it together and practice i'm excited to see what comes out of this like this is literally like this is something that people have been i don't want to say begging for but like people have been calling for this for years i think and especially once you had um similar initiatives from riot and for valorant so i think this is very good literally these are this past week has been a bunch of moves that like a lot of us here have been very excited to see like things that have been very needed yeah definitely all right my friend we gotta blaze through this week's games real quick um we are already over an hour there was just too much to talk about um going starting with apac on friday soul dynasty 3-1 over chengdu hunters philly fusion uh having a pretty big upset over shanghai dragons uh london's going to end going to north america Glad's 3-0 over London, Dallas 3-0 over Vancouver, Toronto Defiant with a surprising 3-1 over San Francisco, um, which is hilarious when you look at their second game. Um, San Francisco went in, it was, it was kind of funny, at the beginning of uh, September, they had like just capped off their longest wins, the longest win streak in Overwatch history and the longest win streak in their franchise history. And then they immediately went on to lose three games in a row, which is like their longest losing streak since like season one. Yeah, it's funny how how like um, <laughs> it's like really guys, come on. Yeah, um, you know, and we talked about it during like during the beginning with the different moves. Like they have been rough stage for the most part, but they seem to be putting it back together and they seem to be kind of finding their feet. Um, in the following game, uh, looking at other the other games, Shanghai Dragons three two over Hangzhou Spark. LA Valiant get a pair of dubs this week with a win over the Chengdu Hunters 3-2. Seoul Dynasty 3-0 over Guangzhou Charge. Um, Saturday, October 1st, Dallas Fuel 3-0 over London Spitfire. Washington Justice 3-1 over New York Excelsior. Uh, San Francisco Shock 3-2 over Atlanta Rain. We got to see Speedily, I think, for the first time this week, too, and he's looked really good. I think I would like in my opinion, like as not, I don't know if like if we're gonna say like world breaking, like we've heard some people kind of assume he would be, but like he's looked, I would say as good as advertised so far, which is good, right? You want guys who people are excited, you know. Speedily's been somebody we've been waiting for. Glad that he's living up to that that the expectations at least set upon him, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully it continues. Um, there's you know there's not much time left here, but this is a good start. This is this is um, this is what you want to see. Guangzhou charge 3-2 over Philadelphia Fusion in a really fun game. Um Guangzhou is so funny, man, because like all of these players that like have bounced around from Chengdu to contenders, like, and not Piggy, but like Xerneas is like back with another team finally. Um Jimmy doing well on this team too. Like, it's super interesting to see like where Aprita finally gets like some love on here too. Which like Considering he was a guy who got kind of robbed against his own will. Granted, it, this match was Jimmy and Choice Awan the whole time, but I'm glad a at least gets a spot somewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, a guy who deserved this opportunity. Yeah, maybe not playing yet, but you know, maybe they'll integrate him in and he'll be playing if they make playoffs, right? <laughs> like, like this is one of the teams well, that's got to win games here at the end, too, to make sure that Valiant don't pass him if they don't want to be the one odd team out in the East. LA gets the other dub with a Valiant taking a win over Hangzhou Spark, 3-2. LA Gladiators versus New York Excelsior, 3-2. New York plays much better this game than they have in previous weeks. Um, however, they still have like these chokes that are just kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, they're very inconsistent for sure. Like, and I saw I saw some people like some people like Avast or others like losing their minds, like, oh, New York is so good. Like they're finally catching back up to where we want them to be. It's like, dude, like <laughs> like what was it? There's a stat of like I think it was um Uber even posted the meme of like like that utopian meme of like the world if prop if uh Yaki and Flora could pop off at the same time. <laughs> it's rough. Like they're officially eliminated from playoff contention, but yeah, LA wins over three, two over New York, uh, Atlanta rain three Oh, over the justice. And then, uh, the pretty a surprising upset Vancouver Titans three, one over the Toronto defiant. Um, aspire has himself a game in this one. Um, aspires looked really good on the sojourn for a lot of the season. Um, he has a great game. King has a great game on the Genji. Uh, False actually gets some really good plays as well on the Zarya. Um, so it's they get the three win. They win the Canada Clash, as it was called. Um, Toronto ends this week perfectly even at 0.500. It's so weird. Um, Toronto does. I think Philly is probably at that point, too. Philly might also be 500. Even. It's just it's so weird. No, they're 10 and 12. Um, and then, unfortunately, I think this is the last time we're going to see Masa this season. Uh, he posted a tweet afterwards about like saying that it was good to end on a win um, and that he, this is going to be the last game that he's playing for the season. Sounds like he's going back to Finland or um, he's going back to Europe for the last week of for pretty much the rest of the season that he's done. That's unfortunate. Um, Masa yeah. has been a pretty, uh, you know, consistent player throughout his time playing. So it's it's rough to see, you know, before season ends, it, it sucks. You know, it's probably something visa related would be my guess, too. So visa related or I I could even see him be like, OK, like, I'm good. I'm done. Yeah, it's true. That that could be it's it all right. As well. Hasn't been a fun season, I would imagine, for that team. So it's no, definitely not. Um, Quick ABK roundup. Well, actually, before we do that, quick preview of next week's games. Uh, Friday, we have Hangzhou versus Seoul, Guangzhou Charge versus LA Valiant. Um, uh, that's a big NNA. game. That's a big game. That's playing <laughs> like importance game. So. Play in determining. Not necessarily, but it might be. Um, Houston Outlaws versus Paris Eternal, Boston Uprising versus Washington Justice, and Vancouver Titans versus Florida Mayhem. On Saturday, we have Guangzhou Charge and Hangzhou Spark, LA Valiant and Shanghai Dragons. Uh, Philadelphia Fusion and Chengdu Hunters. In NA, we have Atlanta Rain versus Florida Mayhem, LA Gladiators versus Washington Justice, and Dallas Fuel versus Houston Outlaws. This one's a live event. Uh, they're doing a full, we didn't talk about it this much, but um, they're doing a full like uh, five years of fuel event in Dallas. Uh, there's a bunch of fuel legends, quote unquote, that are going to be there. Taimu's uh, making an appearance, and Mickey's making an appearance. Uh, it's a whole thing, which is fun. I mean, this is 
My bike, I'm happy if my that boy Coco ain't there, I ain't going. Uh, Coco's not, dude. Coco went into the mines and has never come back. Uh, poor Coco. Him and Chips Jen have gone into the ether and will never come back. I just finished, um, kind of unrelated. I, I just finished, no, very unrelated. I just finished Uzumaki for the first time. Yeah. And they've been claimed by the spiral. They've just, they've gone down the drain. We'll never see them again. Uh, I miss those guys. They were so nice, too. Shipsigen's last tweet is literally like, I'm, I'll be ready to talk about stuff soon. I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. And that was like three years ago. Poor, <laughs> poor guys. I hope they're doing okay. I hope so, too. I, I, I hope. Hey, I there. mean, Coco will finally be able to play, right? Because he said he won't play the game again until they get rid of 2CP. They did get rid of 2CP, so. They are getting rid of 2CP, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sure those guys will play it. They probably yeah. won't, like play professional I'm sure they'll play it's it. okay I would just you know the the original NV team still uh really uh really really uh has a special place in my heart so uh the last of the Sunday games Shanghai versus Chengdu Philadelphia Fusions versus Seoul Dynasty uh Vancouver Titans versus Paris Eternal Dallas Fuel versus Atlanta Rain and LA Gladiators versus Boston Uprising and Bosco. Typically, we do a week off in between episodes. I have to figure out you're going to be in my area, like directly in my area. And we're going to have to see because I don't I have stuff going on on our usual recording date, but we might have to figure something out just to make it happen, at least even for a quick pop sit down interview. Yeah, we'll figure something out, right? We'll do something. Yeah, I mean, we're going we're getting Mexican food at least a couple times this weekend. So we'll see. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're going to be seeing each other plenty this weekend. So we'll figure something out. All right. Um, one or uh, a quick note from uh, our ABK roundup, um, and what might be my favorite, um, and what might be my favorite uh, headline of all time: Bush era torture apologist steps down from Call of Duty publisher. Um, Francis Townsend uh, resigned as Activision's chief compliance officer, uh, but will still serve in an advising role. Francis Townsend, you may remember, um, was a officer with the company who had previous ties with uh, the Bush administration um, who were, I think her most notable part of everything was that when Bobby Kotick first got accused of things or not even Bobby Kotick, when um, the first kind of reports of uh, sexual harassment and sexual abuse were being made public about Activision Blizzard, she was the person who kind of got put kind of thrown under the bus to put out a message saying that, Hey, from her work account to all the different work emails saying that this is not an issue. We don't ever deal with this. I've never had this happen to me ever. This is not who we are. This is not our culture. And then, um, when asked to was when she was asked to defend her or was asked to kind of back it up, uh, ran and went dark on everything. And if I remember correctly, it eventually came out that there was not an email actually penned by her or something too. Like no, Bobby Kotick freaking wrote it and like made her send it from well, her. I email. don't think it was Bobby, but but there was like the implication that like it wasn't actually an, an email from her or something. Yes, it was just from her account, and it's just like oh, it's so cringy, and bad. But whatever. Um, her stepping down doesn't really change a whole lot. Um. They they actually gave a copy of the email and stuff too if people want to read it. And we're not going to talk about Bobby Kotick's uh, waxing of words of what he said about her because we don't care. So, yeah, according to the Wall Street Journal, the original email from Townsend's account waving off the California lawsuit lawsuit was actually drafted by by Bobby Kotick. Oh my god, um, it's so bad. Yeah, 
she is resigning from the company. She's still going to be an advisor to the to Bobby Kotick and the board of directors. Um, I mean, we don't really know what she was actually like. We haven't heard much about what she was doing during her time with the company as far as like actual day to day. Um, or in recent times, too, since everything, you know, since the email stuff happened. So whatever. Um, hopefully they get somebody to do the job well in place of her. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, it seems that like Bobby Kotick has a specific type of perspective he likes to hire. And there's a lot of people who have similar a similar perspective to Francis Townsend. So we'll see. We'll see what he does. But um. Not not a bad thing to see her step down, I will say. No, it, it, it's not like a huge win or anything. But, you know, another person who you're just disappointed when you figure out when you find out who some of the people part of gaming companies that you like. Um, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what Before we wrap up, uh, Bosco and I were talking about we got to play our last rounds of Overwatch one uh, last night. Uh, I had a really good time. A lot more. And that was I played probably like six or seven games before you and I started playing. Um, it's been really it's really interesting to still kind of play like play around with something that like you've seen go through so, so many different permutations, so many different like changes. And it's it's nice to still be able to connect to the part of it that you really kind of have love for, even though it's been incredibly frustrating and an endless uh, mental strain on you for the past. And I. As someone with no skin on the no skin at all in the game, um, <laughs> having gotten some fun anxiety with this game, um, it's it's interesting. It's not necessarily like a sad goodbye because we're moving almost directly into something new in like twenty seven hours. But I think just the it's a it's an interesting vantage point to be able to just to move from this transition so much. Yeah, it is. I, there was a, a, I forget what account tweeted out. It was like the, the grim reaper. Like, was I a good boy or whatever that, that whole meme? No, you were the oh, best. Yeah, it was the overwatch. And I was like, yeah, it wasn't really the best. It was, I, I would it, say it was the best. It was fun. <laughs> it was a good game. I enjoyed it a lot. It wasn't my favorite game of all time, but I definitely had a lot of fun playing the game. Overwatch one. I'm not, I don't know. I don't understand why people are sad about it. Um, you you haven't been playing the game in two years. Why are you sad that it's not going to be around anymore in this current iteration? Like, <laughs> I'm just so confused. That's all. So it's it's just kind of funny to see some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, we know a ton of people. Like you and I wouldn't have met for, without this game. Yeah, uh, a ton of our friends we would not have met without this game. I wouldn't have met you um, without this game. I wouldn't have started podcasting without this. Like, it's this game is incredibly important to me, and it's the first game that like. I've really ever felt was mine, mm-hmm. you know, like something that like you felt was like, to it, yeah. yeah, there's been other games I've t- like, I've played a bunch who like, and granted this is before I was able to, to play as much as I was able to, but like, those were things that like, I got to play for a little bit, but they were never something that like belonged to me as my interests that like were my favorite thing. And mm-hmm. for all of its frustrations and anxieties, like this was that game for me. That's, that's cool. It, it, I've always liked this game. It's always been, a game I've been passionate about, um, not as of late, um, but you know, this game is what made me make a career change, um, because I was doing sports Mm. broadcasting and I decided that I liked esports better because of this game in large part. So, um, it gave me a new Avenue. It it made, it helped me realize what I really enjoy in life. Um, it, it brought a lot of things for me outside of like what the, you know, 
the game itself, right? Like, like the game itself was fun and everything, but it was the other things that it changed for me that made the biggest difference in my life. So um, that weren't related to the game exactly, right? Just what the game provided for me to see that I could, you know, really enjoy and really want to do and and really want to be involved with games more mm. than I was previously, right? You know, like I was doing sports broadcasting. I was working my way through that. I was also coaching lacrosse and doing these other things. And um, this was a calling that really called to me. So it, it, it it's really cool that it was able to do that for me. But I think more than anything else that this game also made me realize is that there's a lot of things, uh, a lot of a lot of rough things and weird things you have to work through and figure out and, and still, you know, nothing's perfect for me. That's for sure. There's still a lot of work I have to do. So. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. I mean. I wouldn't have gone into like without this game, like even like we know people who have met their significant others through this game. Yeah. Like we know several people actually that yeah. have met their significant others through this game. Um, not me. We, I'm not lucky. I'm, hey, high five. Um, <laughs> not me. You're either. in a different situation, um, my friend. <laughs> um, but I mean, like it's, there is something special to this. There is a reason why this game, despite how should have this game should have been dead years ago and not like whatever dead, uh, the LOL dead game. Yeah. Like this game should have been like in the ground, zero people playing it years ago, according to what the treatment it was given by its publisher. Yeah. 100%. This game should have been in the, this game should have been in the ground, but there is something about it, whether it's the characters, whether it's the good aspects of the community, whether it's certain portions of the gameplay loop, there is, whether it's the design, like there is something about this that keeps people still at least at the a smidge emotionally invested in this. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh that's definitely one thing that Blizzard is still good at. You know, if they make a if they when they make a, a when they make maybe not everything about a game that they make is perfect, but there are certain aspects that people just grab onto. Mm-hmm. They have that ability still. And, and sure, they're not hitting on everything every time, but they hit on enough and and it creates a fan for life so and look i get certain aspects of like the raging hatred people have for it you have been one of those people i have i'm not okay look i have never been spiteful towards people i would i will say no never towards never directly towards people go on go on twitter for any sort of overwatch 2 interaction and just watch flooding thousands of people just go in there and just crap and whine about how this game sucks and how this right developer sucks i'm like true so does everybody else yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. The, the, now ramsey's has had con- i've had to talk ramsey's off the ledge a few times though so okay to be fair so, okay gold comp does certain things to a person i will tell you gold comp does certain things to a man <laughs> But, you know, we're we're still working on getting him to focus on the right things, though. That step, that's still the biggest step. That's the biggest hurdle for this man to get over. Maybe we'll get over and Overwatch too. Well, and a lot of that has come. A lot of that has been put into perspective when I've played other competitive games and been like, oh, certain things that I thought were a problem with just this are just a problem in competitive games in general. Yeah. It's not just like an Overwatch unique thing. I get freaking... I'm better at it now, but like I have been like raging toxic at freaking team fight tactics, which is a game that like, yeah, whatever you can get more dogged and you can get like randomly screwed. But like nine times out of 10, it's your decision making. That's the problem. Not like the game. Yeah. So that's interesting. I didn't know you. I didn't know about those ones. That's interesting. Oh, no. I finally reached the point where that game where I'm like, oh, well, 
it's not these other seven people in the lobby don't make my decisions for me i make my decisions only in this game and so i have to change that that sometimes you need another game to give you that perspective to help you change in other games don't let the boss go completely off the hook. Here oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't I've saying. been in conversations with this man where he goes, yeah, this game doesn't make me rage anymore. And then I've we have gotten rolled that I hear the desk slam over the mic. I, I still like there's that one clip of me when when I was playing on the, the open team, the, the caster. Yeah, Oker dude, team. We're, I know I was talking to somebody about somebody about that. You're the first clip in that freaking. I know it's like a new hunter or fresh nuts compilation where it's you getting a 3K, all of us dying and then you getting hit from the back corner. Well, no, no. So what it is, is like there's a slept Farah, And there's a mercy that gets in the way and instead of just killing the mercy i keep trying to kill the pharah and then i slam the desk and i go i'm so stupid <laughs> and we lose the fight and we, but we were playing like a team with like you know like they they were like a real open division team you know oh, we were yeah. just if a you ever mean have team a, if you ever want to have a fun time in open division have me as a gold main tank for you on a team of, I think everybody was diamond at that point. No, nah, so I was like, bunch of, I was like platinum or something at that point. I mean, I had been diamond oh, in the past, but. Oh, Lafon and Paul's patience with me. Every time I'd be like, do I go? Do I go? Are you going to go? Go, go now. Go run, go move forward. Go now. Turn, go. There, there was also the times where I'd be like, Ramses, I can't. It wasn't just me, but it would be like, Ramses, you're behind the corner. We can't do anything for you if you're behind a corner. <laughs> Oh, I ducked into the bookshop on King's Row. I'm dead. It's over. I oh, my God. I, I'm that room, that room is dead. the bane of your existence. There are so many times where Ramses, if you remember King's Row, after you after you open up the point and then you're going down that first little long um, roadway, there's like the 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 bookstore that's got like the the, the mini health pack the in health it. health pack in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's so many times where Ramses would... As Reinhardt hold his shield up and then walk into that room out of line of sight of his team, and we're like, "Please, trying, don't!" With the intention of like, I'm trying to give my shield a break for two seconds, and then I would walk into that room, and they'd be like, "Oh, die. we're all killing that guy," and instantly die because he's cut off from all of his healing. His DPS are not there anymore, and he would just die, and then we would lose the fight. It was like, "Please, don't go in there." It was happened multiple times. <laughs> That's okay. It's we all it, make mistakes. This is, I made a lot of mistakes. Oh, I mean, I'll even say like this game, especially with the live aspects of it. And granted, I, it was a very quick year and a half of me realizing I did not want to work in esports. But like, there's been a lot of like even getting to be part of the live events and getting to see has done so much as far as directing where I want to, where my career, like where my career desires are and what I want to do. Like mine as well. Yeah. To be honestly. Bosco, when this was something I was still planning, I was like, um, I was told like, oh man, like I, as a joke, I was like, haha, okay, dream idea. If I could have the, if I could have um, like a bachelor party anywhere, w- do you know where it'd be? And they're like, oh, the Blizzard Arena. I was like, I hadn't even considered that. Oh, oh my, my gosh, you would have too. Or having a having a wedding at the Blizzard Arena, R.I.P. Oh, Blizzard God. Arena. That, that, um, that's a little too and much. the Simsies across the street. But like, uh, sheesh, wedding at the Blizzard Arena is a little walk- too much. Oh, you know what? Somebody would have done it eventually. Yeah, probably. Um, regardless, it's been a extremely fun, extremely frustrating six years, but that will be different. Not like change, like no frustration, but like it will things will be in a different direction in the next couple of days. 
where they go, we'll see. Um, I know I have the best of hopes. I don't have a lot of like confidence necessarily in the hopes, I think, understandably. But I really want this to do well. Because this, despite all the frustrating parts of it, this game is still has a lot of emotional importance. To like me. you said, the friends that we have made is the best the best part for sure and the other the other aspects mm-hmm. we talked about before but like um i had fun the other night when we played i did as well and but it was because of who we were playing with right mm-hmm. you know it was people that i enjoy playing the game with and you know i don't think i i didn't get mad at all last night either i just enjoyed myself didn't matter if we won didn't matter if we lost it was just fun you know and and i think i'm finally at a point where i can do that too with that game where it just doesn't matter anymore, you know, which is also kind of sad to say because like there's a very big competitive bone in my body and I haven't really had that itch, you know, I, I guess Wrath of the Lich King's kind of filling that right now for me a little bit. But well, yeah, we we even talk. I even said like I might just be a guy. We'll see how Overwatch 2 goes. I might just be content playing quick play. And I think that's fine. I think that's okay I enjoy too. the games. I, I enjoy the ba- the game based enough like. I might that might just be where things are at for me, but only if I'm playing with groups, though. I I don't think you'll see me playing quick play by myself anytime soon, unless I'm like starting to grind comp again. Which uh, those first two days, we'll all try it out a little bit. I, I might. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I as a, I mean, I won't because I'll be out of town. But um, when I come back from that, it's going to be all about Wrath of Ledge game for me, probably. So I don't think I'll be doing that anytime soon. If you're if you're here with us, let us know what your favorite Overwatch one memory is. Uh, what kind of if you want to send us an insight at pushpoint at pushpoint pod or at push the point at gmail.com. We'd love to hear just what the game means to you. Um, it's meant a lot to us and it will continue to mean at least a little something going forward. Yeah, we might um, we might have the passion we had before. Um, which I, I, life goes on as well. Things have gone like our lives are also in different spaces. Much different. Too, so. so, so, um, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a special place in our hearts for it. So you can find us on Twitter at Ramsey's underscore W at Labosco. You can find our discord community at discord.me slash mash those buttons. Tons of great content over there. Tons of great people. Network Patreon is at patreon.com slash mash those buttons goes for as little as a dollar a month. There's a bunch of great content there too. Like we said, push point pod on Twitter, push the point at gmail.com. Um, how does it feel to be signing off on Overwatch One with episode 143 Labosco? Uh feels actually kind of good. It does. Quietly uh, quiet optimism. Yeah. Quiet, reluctant bit. optimism. We'll see you guys in the near future. You'll be hearing this on Overwatch 2. You'll be hearing playing Overwatch 2 when you hear this one. So we'll see you there in your lobbies, hopefully, depending on how it goes. <laughs> Um, have a good evening, good day, take care of yourself, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. Later. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. 
If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash themashnetwork, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash discord. 